Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this is part three of my clarifying series. Uh, I probably should have come up with a better name than that, but I hope that these three episodes have been useful to you. Once again, kind of trying to pull back the curtain of the supplement industry and help you understand what makes up these supplements, how to tell if you're getting a good one, how to tell the differences between the various different um, options that you have when it comes to minerals, vitamins, and herbs. I did herbs two weeks ago. I did minerals, or sorry, vitamins a week ago, and now it's time to talk about the minerals. So first, before I get started, I guess I should remind you that if you have questions about anything you hear on Vitality Radio, you can call us at 801-292-6662. You can also jump on our website, vitalitynutrition.com, and scan around there. And if you have questions about what you find or what you've heard here, you can open up a chat and talk to either me or my son, Bridger, about whatever it is that you want to chat about. So that's how you find us. I also want to give a reminder of uh, an event that's coming up in a week and a half on April 21st and 22nd. We are going to be at Be Healthy Utah. Now, if you're not in Utah, don't fret. You can go to BeHealthyUtah.com. You can use the code VITALITY40 to get 40% off of all the recordings. Uh, I'll be speaking Carlin Call will be speaking. My dear friend Ali Duzette will be speaking, and many, many other amazing speakers. I believe David Christopher, Dr. Christopher's son, will be there speaking as well. Some really, really great speakers that you will want to hear again, whether you're in or outside of the state of Utah. These are all amazing people that happen to reside in the same state I do. I'm very fortunate to live in a place where health and nutrition is at the forefront of many people's minds and, uh, frankly, some of the greatest uh, brands and companies that bring these products to you are located in my backyard, which is an amazing blessing. So BeHealthyUtah.com, April 21st and 22nd. If you're local, we'd love to have you there. Use code VITALITY40 to get 40% off. If you're not local, you want the recordings, or if you're local and want the recordings because you can't show up or you want to get all the talks, not just the ones that you can attend while you're there, then that VITALITY40 code is available for you as well. Okay, let's clarify what's going on with minerals in our supplements. I think This might be the most confusing of the three topics, um, vitamins, herbs, minerals. It uh, certainly is one I get a lot of questions about, probably more so than the other two. And frankly, was maybe a little more daunting to bring to you in terms of researching it, because there's a couple of things I wanted to explain that I have a pretty good understanding of, but 
that aren't particularly easy for me to just rattle off to you. So I did a, a lot more research for this one because I wanted to find some definitions that I thought would be useful to, for you to understand exactly what it is I'm talking about. This is a, a complex conversation. We're going to talk about mineral chelates. We're going to talk about inorganic versus organic. We're going to talk about food sources versus non-food sources, all of that kind of stuff. But as I always aim to do on Vitality Radio, I'm going to share the science, but also try to make it very, very clear that if you don't have a, you know, a, a degree uh, in the sciences, you'll be able to understand what I'm talking about. Because frankly, that's not my forte anyway. I have been sort of thrust into understanding the science of vitamins and minerals and herbs, but it's not something that I excelled at when I was in school or anything like that. I've had to spend a fair amount of time trying to figure out how to think scientifically so that I can deliver this information to you. So I try as much as possible to put it in layman's terms because, frankly, those are the terms I understand as well. So this is what we're talking about today. Bear with me. I think you're going to really appreciate the information. And uh, I would love to get your feedback on it once I have uh, delivered it and you've heard this show. So first off, uh, let's talk about, I guess, maybe the reason why I decided to do this topic. What I have recognized from my seat as a guy that people come to to ask questions about supplements is that there is a fairly significant disconnect in the understanding of what the heck the back of a the the, the words on the back of a supplement bottle mean for instance glycinate what does that mean chelate what does that mean uh what does uh amino acid chelate mean? How is that different from glycinate, which is also a chelate? How is it different from a bisglycinate, which is also a chelate? How is it different from picolinate or nicotinate or citrate and so on and so on? And because of all of that, and unfortunately, because some manufacturers out there choose to prey on the naivete of some of their customers, and I'm not necessarily pointing at you. Uh, I hope to think that people listening to Vitality Radio are far less naive when it comes to this kind of stuff because that's pretty much why I do the show. But listen, we all have stuff to learn, right? I actually had a, a message from a guy who is a customer of mine on uh, our website, vitalitynutrition.com. And I love these kind of messages because they push me. They push me to understand greater uh to, to get a greater understanding of the things that I talk about. And so if you ever have questions, please ask me because it'll certainly push forward my agenda of trying to educate people on how to become better supplement consumers. Uh, this gentleman uh, asked why I chose something called benthotiamine in my multivitamin instead of something called allotiamine. Uh, and these are two different forms of B1. One is technically an organic form uh, from garlic, allotiamine. Uh, it gets the name alev from the allicin in the garlic. And then benfotiamine, which is actually a man-made form of the vitamin B1. 
And uh, I won't go through that whole conversation. Uh, it wasn't particularly long, but that's not what we're talking about today. But it shed a light on why this is such an important thing. I chose bimphotiamine for a very important reason, but I have to admit that I haven't done a lot of research on allotiamine, where I have done a lot of research on bimphotiamine. So I didn't really do a this rather than that thing. It was just, I know this one. I've had success with this one. I know this one works, so this is the one I will choose. But now, based on this uh, chat message that came up, I have to go back to school for a minute and learn more about allotiamine. And who knows, maybe I'll end up deciding that is a superior form, or maybe I'll find that a combination makes the most sense. I don't know. But I am always learning and trying to figure this stuff out, and I appreciate inquisitive minds that push me to learn more. So thank you very much to this gentleman. I won't use his name because I didn't tell him I would talk about this. Uh, but thank you for uh, uh, opening my eyes to something that I need to learn more about for sure. Okay, back to the mineral conversation. First, let's talk just real, real briefly about the difference between vitamins and minerals. Vitamins are organic substances. Minerals are inorganic substances. So vitamins are actually created in plants and animals. And minerals uh, get into plants and animals through the food that is eaten by the plants and animals. In the case of plants, plants don't eat food per se, but they eat and gain nutrition from the soil, right? And that's where the minerals are. And then, of course, animals eat the plants that grow in the soil, and that's where those minerals are. And so that's how animals get the mineral content as well. So that's the big difference is that vitamins are basically manufactured in the body uh, or in the uh, food, and minerals have to come from another source, from an outside source, an inorganic source, a non-food source. So when we get our minerals from food, like a leaf of spinach or a piece of ground beef, uh, we would be getting the minerals that originally came from the soil, then were consumed by the plant or the animal that we then consumed. So that's the difference there. Many brands out there are trying to take advantage of this naivety that I talked about uh, because you might hear a guy like me talk about magnesium glycinate. And I may say, yeah, I recommend 400 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate per day. And you may see on a bottle that uh, it says 400 milligrams magnesium glycinate uh, per capsule. And that sounds like what you want, but it's not because there's a difference between 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate and 400 milligrams of magnesium in the glycinate form. And I'm going to talk about that at the very end, but it's a, a point that I wanted to make at the beginning as to why I'm trying to have this conversation with you to see if I can help you understand what the heck it means when you're actually looking at the back of these bottles. Another brand, I've, I've talked about this on other episodes too, so I won't belabor the point, but another brand talks about how we must have seven different forms of magnesium. It's simply not true. There are lots of different forms of magnesium, but our body needs magnesium regardless of the form that it's in. The form is just how we get the magnesium and how accessible the magnesium is to our cells based on the quality of the form of magnesium that it is. So we have all this marketing going on and a lot of it's uh, just a bunch of propaganda and shenanigans and, and that's what I try to shed light on on this show. 
So what's the difference? Uh, let's talk about this really quick, and then we'll get into this whole mineral chelate thing and, and why it matters. Electrolytes versus minerals. Well, it's important to understand that electrolytes are mostly are min minerals. Uh, these are going to be calcium, sodium, magnesium, potassium, things like that. But not all minerals are electrolytes. And so there are lots and lots of minerals that are not electrolytes, but electrolytes are known as ions and they carry an electrical charge, therefore the name electrolytes. And they are critical for hydration, uh, but also for cellular communication because they literally carry electrical currents uh, throughout the body. Our heart couldn't beat in the rhythm that it beats without the electrolytes uh, helping with that electrical flow of energy. Um, the reason why they use a def defibril defibrillator uh, to, you know, shock somebody's heart back into action is because electricity is actually how that heart muscle works, or at least a big part of it. So we need to have electrolytes, but not all electrolytes are minerals. Not all minerals are electrolytes. And uh, so it's a little bit confusing there. But when you hear electrolytes, you can relatively safely assume that those are also minerals because the most important ones, the ones that you've heard of the most, such as magnesium, potassium, calcium, sodium, those are all minerals as well as being electrolytes. The bottom line, though, is that we can't live without these things, at least some of them. There are good minerals and there are minerals that can be toxic, uh, but we can't live without the critical minerals that our body needs, or at least we certainly can't live efficiently uh, and at an optimal level of vitality without them. And in cases, in some cases, we would die without them if we didn't have them at all. And so deficiency in minerals is a big deal and minerals is a big deal. And the challenge with minerals is actually pretty simple. And that is that by their very nature, they are inorganic, like I mentioned at the beginning. They are not food as they are sitting in the soil. In fact, minerals that are found in supplements are largely uh, mined. Uh, the same way we might mine gold or silver or uh, copper, uh, any of these things, even salt uh, is mined, right? And so these mine, mined minerals are in their inorganic state. They're not in a food state. And if you can imagine calcium carbonate, for instance, which is a mined chalk, essentially, that is very, very high in calcium, you try and eat that up, you can imagine your body would have a difficult time digesting a chalky rock and assimilating a chalky rock. So that's the single biggest uh problem with getting the minerals is that they really aren't designed to get into the body in their natural inorganic state. Something has to be done to them first in order for the body to absorb them. So mined minerals are also known as raw or inorganic minerals. Uh, I mentioned calcium carbonate. Another example of that would be magnesium oxide or zinc oxide or something like that. And by design, humans were intended to get their minerals from the earth but not directly from the earth, indirectly from the earth, as I mentioned before, through plants or animals. Minerals are found in the soil and they have to be um, taken up from the soil by a plant or by an animal in which a conversion is then made from an organic substance to an inorganic, or sorry, an inorganic substance to an organic substance, which our bodies can then absorb. Which is why many people say we should get all of our nutrition from food. Well, ideally, yes, but there's a problem with that 
as well. Modern farming practices, food processing, which strips minerals from food, and toxicity in the soil, as well as high stress levels, make it very difficult to get enough minerals from our food anymore. In fact, our soil is so depleted and mineral concentration in the soil is so minimal by comparison to what our ancestors once had access to that if we look back even just 100 years or so, we know that our ancestors could get 600 milligrams of magnesium per day in their diet, and we're very fortunate to get around 250 milligrams of magnesium in our diet, even though we consume more calories on average than they did. So we're consuming more food and getting about 60% less magnesium from that higher quantity of food. And why is that? Well, all those things I talked about. The soil is depleted. The food is processed. Um, chemicals and things get in the way. There's all kinds of reasons why we simply can't get what we our ancestors got. Uh, certainly not as easily. We have to work harder to get those same minerals. This is why there's such a big call nowadays among a lot of people for organ meats. Uh, animal organs are very rich in minerals in their organic state because animals eat the plants that are rich in minerals. Those are then stored in the fatty tissues of the organs, and the organs have become then a highly concentrated and highly bioavailable source of minerals. People who are not interested in organ meat uh, because uh, they're vegan or vegetarian or simply it grosses them out or whatever it is, they seek out things like algae, uh, spirulina, you know, greens, chlorella, uh, barley grass, wheat grass, things like that, because these are going to be more highly concentrated sources of minerals than, say, a, let a piece of lettuce or uh, an apple or an orange or a piece of spinach or something like that. And because they, those minerals have been essentially I'll say, quote, unquote, processed by the plant, uh, they are more bioavailable than they would be if you just picked up a piece of dirt and started munching on that. But another option for mineral absorption is a process that you've probably all heard of and some of you probably are familiar with called chelation. This, though, as I mentioned at the very beginning, seems to confuse a lot of people. So in this episode, a lot of what I want to talk about is the chelation process, because I think it will shed light on why the food source of mineral makes more sense and what modern technology has accomplished to help us mimic what it looks like to get minerals from our food. So I'm going to spell it out in as plain of English as I can, but it does get a little technical. I think you'll understand this much better, though, once I'm done, what a chelate actually is. So, uh, you know, buckle up and listen up because this information, like I say, gets a little technical, but I think I'll break it down in a way that you'll really appreciate. There was an excellent definition um, in a magazine, an industry magazine that is sent out to people who manufacture supplements called Nutrition Outlook. And I love this definition, and I'm going to elaborate on it a little bit, but some of this will be word for word from Nutrition Outlook. They say, by definition, a chelate is a chemical compound in which a metal molecule, otherwise known as a mineral, and an organic molecule are combined. These inorganic minerals are bonded to what is known as a ligand. Uh, ligands can potentially be proteins or amino acids 
or what are known as organic acids, such as citric acid or malic acid or something like that. The ligand is a critical component of a chelate that actually transforms the previously inorganic molecule into an organic mineral form thus making it more bioavailable to the body. So as I said earlier, this is essentially mimicking what happens when an animal or a plant actually consumes a mineral. This creates a whole new molecule. It's no longer magnesium oxide. It's now magnesium citrate if it's bonded to citric acid or chelate if it's bonded to a protein or glycinate if it's bonded to glycine, which is an amino acid. The resulting molecule is characterized by a ring structure with the ligand attached at both ends of the mineral, so kind of encompassing the mineral. Variations of the chelate structure can include one, two, or even three ligands with each end attached to a structure, um, or sorry, attached to the mineral at two places. If you're familiar with magnesium bisglycinate, for instance, I talk about bisglycinate a lot because I think it's the very, very best form of magnesium. And if you've wondered what the bis part means, well, bis is B-I, bi, uh, means two, right? It means in this case that the magnesium molecule has been attached or chelated with two glycine molecules rather than just one. In this case, at least, and in many others, in my opinion, it makes for a superior chelate with a higher absorption than just a magnesium glycinate, which would be bonded to just one glycine molecule. The organic ligand molecule can consist of amino acids, hydrolyzed protein chains, so that means multiple amino acids in a whole protein, and that usually comes from soy. So if you see an amino acid chelate, or if it just says <clears throat> magnesium chelate or potassium chelate, it's not going to be a single amino acid or a single organic acid. It's bonded to a whole protein, and that whole protein usually comes from soy. So I'm not a big fan of just chelates, uh, whole amino acid chelates, for a lot of reasons. One is I'm not a big fan of soy. I'm especially not a big fan of soy that isn't organic because it's generally um, sprayed with a lot of glyphosate. And so as much as possible, I'm going to avoid amino acid chelates uh, as my as my option for minerals. Now, I'll take an amino acid chelate over an oxide because it's still going to be more bioavailable. But ideally, I believe that individual amino acids or individual organic acids make more sense than a whole chelate. But whole chelates have their place. And frankly, they had their place early on as they were trying to figure out how to get minerals into the body. And in the early days, that's what everything was chelated to, basically, was to a whole protein. But we've moved past that now, and I believe that we're better off with individual chelates, such as a glycinate or a citrate or a malate or something along those lines. The organic ligand molecule, uh, as I said, can consist of amino acids or the hydrolyzed protein or even sugars or other compounds that may or may not offer absorptive value to the human body. It is not the ligand's nutritive value that is the key to the chelated mineral, but rather the ligand's mechanism of making the mineral more biologically effective than its inorganic counterpart. So let's talk about that for just a minute. There are times when an amino acid chelate can be more effective 
for a specific thing because of what it is chelated to. But for the most part, most chelates are all about just making the mineral itself more bioavailable. It has really little to do with the acid that it is attached to. But let's just say, for instance, magnesium taurinate, which is magnesium bonded to taurine. There is some really good evidence that taurine is a uh, really heart-healthy amino acid. And that magnesium, which is also very heart-healthy, bonded to taurine may be better for the heart than, say, magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate, even though we know that magnesium bisglycinate is more bioavailable. You get a little bit more magnesium there. Another example of this would be magnesium malate. Magnesium malate has way more malic acid in it than it has magnesium, and malic acid on its own can be very effective for muscle pain, for instance, uh, particularly with fibromyalgia. So if you have fibromyalgia and you're looking for more magnesium, which you need if you have fibromyalgia, in some cases, I would say don't get the bisglycinate form of magnesium, get the malate form because the malic acid is going to provide additional benefit on top of the magnesium. So you do have to understand you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And as much as I'd like to simplify this down to, hey, this is the best one and everybody, this applies to everybody, it's just not the case. And it never is the case, unfortunately. So when we look at magnesium in particular, you have to understand that, you know, three and eight has its benefits because it is more easily able to cross the blood brain barrier. Bisglycinate for most people, I believe, probably 90% of people uh, listening to this episode uh, is going to be the superior form because it's the it has the most uptake. It is the most bioavailable form. So it's going to do more of the magnesium things than any other magnesium does. And in the case of bisglycinate, magnesium specifically does not have an ionic charge to it. So it doesn't have an ionic effect in the colon, which prevents it from also creating that laxative effect that many people struggle with when they try and take a magnesium supplement. So what it's bonded to does matter. And I'll get into that in a little bit more detail here in a second as well. But here's the thing that I think is really telling uh, when it comes to this particular article, which is written for people like me who formulate supplements. Cost often determines the choice of ligand used in manufacturing. In other words, what the minerals chelated to. Glucose and hydrolyzed soy proteins are very cheap. Hydrolyzed proteins are available in an assortment of unidentified protein chains. Some are too large and not as stable in the digestive process but they are still technically a chelate. So because it's cheaper to make and in many cases more concentrated, you can have more mineral per gram of powder. In many cases, they're going to use glucose or soy protein or something like that for your chelate because it's simply cheaper. And a lot of manufacturers are about the bottom line more than they're about the effect uh, for the consumer. By comparison to glucose or hydrolyzed soy protein or that type of thing, glycine is a very small and precise amino acid molecule that makes it a very stable chelate. These factors make a glycine chelate superior. Unfortunately, the cost of the single amino acid is quite high because of the level of sophistication required to manufacture it. So when you're looking at it and you're saying, well, why should I buy this magnesium bisglycinate? when I can get just a regular magnesium glycinate or a regular magnesium chelate 
or a regular magnesium citrate, which is maybe half the price, or magnesium oxide, which might be 20% of the price. Well, it's definitely, in this case, a get-what-you-pay-for scenario. Yes, it's more expensive, and that is because it is more expensive to make. It's a much more expensive process, a much more sophisticated process, as they talk about in the article. But at the end of the day, you're getting a lot more magnesium from a bisglycinate than you would from an amino acid chelate or a citrate or something like that. So that's how the chelation process works. It's basically mimicking what an animal would do or what we would try to do. You know, if you take magnesium oxide, for instance, you might absorb about 2 to 4% of it, which is obviously abysmal, but the 2 to 4% that you absorb is because your body was able to essentially chelate that magnesium oxide with other foods, acids, uh, ligands that were in the body already. And when you chelate that inside the body, you're able to then absorb that percentage of it. But it's better if a plant has already done that process for you or an animal has already done that process for you, or in the case of a mineral chelate, if a manufacturing facility has done that process for you. Remember, and I think I stated this pretty clearly in the vitamin episode, that just because it's whole food doesn't make it superior. Yes, our bodies were designed to get our minerals and our vitamins from whole food. But as I've stated, there are many issues with that. The concentration of the nutrition, the quality of the, of the food, and all of the other things that come into that make a big difference. And then just how much can you actually get in a pill if you're trying to supplement compared to if you isolate it and then chelate it, you can get a much, much higher dose. And therefore, in many cases, a chelated mineral would actually be superior to a whole food source simply based on volume. You can just get more payload there and more absorption because there's more there to begin with uh, than maybe in a whole food. That's not me saying don't go after whole foods. Don't do organ meats. I take uh, a combination of organ meats in a capsule form every single day and beef liver every single day. And that is one of my primary sources of minerals. And I think that's a great way to go. But it doesn't have enough magnesium in it. It doesn't have enough copper in it and boron. And so I supplement those and also, you know, supplement uh, some of the other minerals from a variety of different sources. There's a lot of different ways that you can get your minerals. But I just want to make it clear that whole food isn't always superior, even though it always sounds superior. So let's answer now some of the most common questions that I get. I'm hoping that up to this point, this is all making sense and uh, clarifying some things for you. Elemental weight versus total weight. So if you get go to the grocery store or the health food store or Costco or whatever, and you're comparing their magnesiums. And I'm just going to keep picking on magnesium because it's my favorite mineral to talk about. But uh, you might see a magnesium oxide that's 500 milligrams in one capsule. You might see a magnesium bisglycinate that takes three capsules to give you 350 milligrams or 400 milligrams. Well, why is that? Maybe at this point, that's pretty clear. I don't know if I've made that clear or not. So I'll clarify it just in case. But it is simply because an oxide is just raw magnesium. There, nothing's been done to it. It's basically been powdered up and 
um, and uh, put into a capsule form. It's a mind substance. But uh, chelate, particularly something like a bisglycinate, is bonded. It's that magnesium oxide bonded to the protein, in this case, glycine, and bonded to it twice in the case of a bisglycinate. And about 80% of what you're getting in that capsule is not magnesium. It's actually the glycinate or the glycine that it is bonded to. And that's one of the sacrifices. In fact, it's the primary sacrifice we pay when we chelate minerals is it becomes far less concentrated because it's no longer just the mineral. There's all this other stuff that the mineral is chelated to, which also makes it similar to whole food because you think, oh, well, I'll just get all my magnesium from whole food. Well, okay, that sounds good, except that you have to eat a lot of food to get 400 milligrams of magnesium because the concentration isn't very high. So again, we have to recognize, and it's really important, that there are trade-offs here. But why take a magnesium oxide that has maybe 4% absorption? It's cheaper. That's good. But 4% of 500 milligrams isn't nearly enough magnesium. You'd be much better off, even though you've got to spend more money and you've got to take more pills, to take three capsules of magnesium bisglycinate and get 400 milligrams at a much, 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 much higher bioavailability and without the potential stomach upset that magnesium oxide causes by basically creating that laxative effect. So elemental versus total weight looks like this. If you see a bottle that says 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate or magnesium citrate, and that's all it says, 400 milligrams magnesium glycinate or magnesium citrate back on the supplement facts panel, it's probably not 400 milligrams of magnesium. They're basically telling you the truth, but it is a covert lie. What they're not telling you is that they're giving you 400 milligrams of the full compound, not 400 milligrams of magnesium. How it should be stated is magnesium, and then in parentheses, magnesium from magnesium bisglycinate or as magnesium bisglycinate, and then 400 milligrams. That will tell you that what you've got is 400 milligrams of magnesium, not 400 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate. Because my magnesium bisglycinate from the Vital 5 brand that I developed has 400 milligrams of magnesium as magnesium bisglycinate in three capsules, but there are 2,200 milligrams of material inside those three capsules, most of which is obviously not magnesium. So sometimes a bottle will say 400 milligrams of elemental magnesium. That is also telling you that you're getting 400 milligrams of magnesium. So if you ever see elemental on the label, that means that that's how much of the actual mineral there is. And that's another way that some manufacturers do it to spell it out for their clients. And that is an honest way to tell you how much magnesium you're getting. The other honest way to tell you how much magnesium you're getting, like I said, is magnesium, and then in parentheses, as or from magnesium bisglycinate or chelate or citrate or whatever it is. Um, the cost issues I mentioned, it is infinitely cheaper 
to put a raw mineral into your product. It's dramatic. And so an example of that would be magnesium oxide is literally about 25 times less expensive than magnesium bisglycinate. So a manufacturer like myself could very easily make the choice to give magnesium oxide because you can fit more in the capsule, a lot more, and it costs you way less. And the average consumer, and again, I consider you listening to this show to be an above average consumer, but the average consumer out there is saying, oh, it's got 400 milligrams of magnesium. That's what I need. And they don't know enough about it to make that choice. And there are plenty of manufacturers playing that game and taking advantage of that. So now this is the hardest question to answer. Which chelates are the best? I can speak to it generally, but I can't speak to it definitively. Generally, bisglycinate, if it's available, and zinc comes in a bisglycinate, copper comes in a bisglycinate, magnesium comes in a bisglycinate. All these bisglycinates are what are called TRACS, T-R-A-A-C-S. They're made by a company called Albion right here in Utah. And I think they make more better uh, mineral chelates than anybody in the world. And until somebody proves me wrong on that, I'll stand by that. I think they're fantastic. I have no affiliation with them. I just buy a lot of stuff from them because I think they make the best stuff. But uh, if it's a bisglycinate, if that's available, in most cases, I think that is going to be the superior form of that mineral. But it's not always the superior form. As I mentioned, magnesium taurinate, specific to heart conditions. Uh, magnesium 3 and 8, specific to brain stuff, mental uh, alertness, focus, cognitive function, things like that. Um, magnesium citrate, in some cases, is superior to magnesium glycinate if you are looking to get a little bit of a laxative effect. Uh, with your magnesium. Magnesium citrate still has that ionic impact in the colon, so it can help you go to the bathroom more regularly, but it absorbs much better on the magnesium side than magnesium glycine, or sorry, magnesium oxide would. So there's a variety of reasons why you might pick a different chelate, but the big thing is it should be a chelate. In almost every possible case, it should be a chelate of some kind because a chelate is going to be superior to a raw mineral in almost every case, if not every single case. And so how do you tell if you've got a chelate? Well, again, chelates are tied to what are called ligands, but you're never going to see that on the back of the bottle. What you're going to see is an acid. It's going to be an amino acid or a organic acid. And it's going to be in the form of an extension. So it's going to say magnesium something, magnesium bisglycinate, magnesium citrate, magnesium chelate. And there are a bunch of different ones. If it's bonded to aspartic acid, it's magnesium aspartate or aspartate. If it's bonded to methionine, it's going to, this is the one's a little confusing because methionine is an amino acid. Um, but the extension that you might see is either monomethionine or methionine on the end. So it might say copper methionine or zinc methionine or zinc monomethionine, something like that. But that is also a chelate. Uh, most of them, though, actually chelate ends with eight and most of them end with eight. So citrate is a chelate and glycinate and bisglycinate and lysinate and those types of things. Aspartate, as I said, orotate. Uh, the organic acids would be things like Acetic acid, which would then be like zinc acetate or calcium acetate, or citric acid, which would be citrate, or orotic acid, which is orotate, or gluconic acid, which would be a zinc gluconate or an iron gluconate, or fumaric acid, which would be mainly used with iron, which would be ferrous fumarate or iron fumarate. 
So that's how you can tell. The bottle, in most cases, will say chelate on it somewhere, uh, but not all cases. But if it says A-T-E at the end of that word after the mineral, it's probably a chelate. And this is where you just have to do a little bit of homework to figure out you know, which one's going to be best for you. And I'm hoping that Vitality Radio is part of that homework, but not all of the homework, because I certainly have my opinions. I believe they are well-founded and well-researched opinions, but they are my opinions. And I've been wrong before, and I continue to look for ways that I can improve on those opinions and give better advice to you, um, like I mentioned early in the show. So the bottom line, I think, is basically this. Minerals are crucial to optimal health. We're getting less minerals in our food than we ever have before as a human race, which means that the need for supplementing minerals is higher than it's ever been, which is why, as my part of my Vital 5, I have a multivitamin that is loaded with key minerals, such as selenium and zinc and copper, boron, things like that. And I have magnesium bisglycinate, because you can't fit enough magnesium bisglycinate into a multivitamin that uh, gives you what you need. So as I mentioned before, size is a big player in this. And you got to take three capsules just to get 400 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate from my Vital 5 magnesium. So I certainly couldn't put enough in my multivitamin. It would turn my multivitamin from a three-capsule-a-day formula to a six-capsule-a-day formula. So minerals are crucial. We need them. We need the electrolytes. Um, we need the uh, other minerals that are non-electrolytes for a variety of different biological functions. They are a big deal to our health. And in most cases, we need to supplement them at least to some degree. And that is how it is. We simply have enough stress, enough toxicity, and depleted values of minerals in our food supply that we now have to supplement to get enough of the minerals. But if you're going to supplement, again, either get it from whole food sources, things like organ meats, or uh, high concentration of plants. On my very next episode of Vitality Radio, I'm going to introduce to you something called Vitality Nutrition Organic greens and shrooms. So if you're looking for an amazing green supplement that is very nutrient dense and mineral dense, um, you'll learn all about that on the next episode. And that would be a good whole food source of minerals. So you've got options in the whole food department, or you've got to get a chelate and optimally a really great chelate like a bisglycinate or something like that. And then as far as figuring out how much you need, um, that's going to vary from person to person, condition to condition, you know, what's going on, what your diet looks like and all that kind of stuff. And that's where doing your own homework and research comes in and certainly reaching out to us at Vitality to ask questions, many of which we should be able to answer pretty effectively for you, specific to you. And you can do that at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. And you can also jump on vitalitynutrition.com and jump into a chat window, and we'll be happy to answer you there as well. I hope this has been a helpful bit of information. I hope that this episode has shed some light on minerals, clarified some things for you. I look forward to your comments and questions about this episode. The more feedback you give me, the better this show becomes. And I really, really, really do appreciate the feedback, even if it's critical. 
I need to hear it. I want this show to be what you need it to be to help you become a more educated and informed consumer of natural products. One more reminder, Be Healthy Utah in a week and a half, April 21st and 22nd of 2023. I'll be speaking at 2 p.m. on Saturday. I'd love to have you in person. Uh, You can use the code VITALITY40, VITALITY40 at BeHealthyUtah.com. Get all the information there on how to attend if you're local. If you're not local, though, you can get all of those talks, mine and so many other great ones, uh, by using that code VITALITY40. I'm Jared St. Clair. And this has been another episode of Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.